Hi, friend. My name is Amy Joy, and this is the Make Prayer Beautiful podcast. I had such a beautiful question come in asking about the scriptural basis for praying the cutting free prayer. And I love this question because I love the scriptures. I love it when people take the scriptures seriously. So thank you. Thank you. What a good question. And I would say probably, to my mind, the most clear scripture that would indicate the need for something like that is when Jesus is delivering the demoniac who has the legion, or when they ask, what's, when Jesus asks, what's your name, the man doesn't even reply with his own voice, but says, our name is legion, for we are many. And so when Jesus casts them out, there's this kind of interesting sort of cryptic reference that they, it's something like they don't want to go into the dry places, like they want to go into something else. So to me, there is some level of saying when you get rid of an entity, it's not like it just poofs and vanishes. It actually still exists. And then the question is, how do you make sure that it doesn't come on you? And I guess from my perspective, I, for most deliverance things, I don't have direct experience uh, with a lot of the more extreme forms of deliverance. I know when I was at Christian Healing Ministries conference back in 2019, Judith McNutt laughingly, or I don't know if it was like completely laughing, but sort of maybe ruefully admitted that Francis McNutt would watch things like The Exorcist kind of like from a professional development standpoint, like, oh, are they seeing things I haven't seen before? So for people who are very, very gifted in exorcism, they see some pretty crazy things. And so uh, it's it's a little bit shocking to know that something that we would consider a horror movie filled with kind of like fake supernatural effects is actually something that real people have seen in real life. So um, I've never seen the movie. I don't think I could handle it. Oh my goodness. But the, the point is people who have actually done exorcism in the modern era have certain best practices that they follow, including doing the cutting free prayer at the end of a ministry session. And so uh, I also think about, it's interesting, you know, at points you kind of realized, oh, I've kind of developed an entire framework based on specific anecdotes that I can remember. So many years ago, I was listening to a lot of Michael Pearl teaching, and I believe that he is a sincere God lover. And One of the things that he said, because he also did a lot of street ministry, um, a lot of evangelism, but he said there was one time that he had done some form of deliverance in a particular room and had sent the the evil spirit out. And he said the next person who came in, (laughs) it was something like the next person who crossed through the door immediately took on the exact same kind of physical deform. Uh, deformity. And it was something like his shoulder and his face went kind of slack and he started to walk with a limp or something. It was like the exact manifestation that the previous person had um, that had been delivered. The next person who came through the door wasn't a believer yet and received kind of that exact same manifestation. Um, And so there's 
these aspects where it's like, oh, this person has received this less than ideal thing. And so how does it happen that people get slimed like that who are following Jesus? I don't think Michael Pearl believed that that could happen. Um, so I found it interesting then to go to uh, Dr. Francis McNutt and hear his teaching. And for him, it was like, I I just see things, even if I recognize that scripturally they might be a little bit odd, or if it's not completely backed up by scripture, but sort of, I'm interested in what works. And so for him, it was like, I'm going to pray cutting free prayers. And it was also interesting. He had a story that he shared at one point. He said, I've never been injured in an exorcism, but he said there was one time I had been called in to do an exorcism and I had not yet prayed the prayer protection because we were just sitting and having a nice um, conversation when all of a sudden the woman in front of me stood up and punched me in the nose. And he said, it didn't break my nose. It wasn't it, like I was not actually harmed, but that was the only time that I was uh, offered any kind of physical violence. And he was like, from then on, I just made sure to pray the prayer protection before, maybe before he entered the room or something like that. But he said it's also very normal for people who are heading out to do exorcisms to have some kind of a mechanical fail with their car, to have their tire flat, either when they're going to the exorcism, maybe even coming away, that these are all just parts of the challenge of uh, really standing up to the powers of darkness. And I know uh, Judith McNutt shared too that I think it was when Francis was writing the deliverance book, but it could have been a different one. And there was one chapter in particular that was just hard. And she said, you know, writing the deliverance book, our whole staff was really... They just came under it. There was significant personal cost for the different staff. And every day, the McNutts would pray protection over them, over their children. And she said, but we forgot to pray it over our animals. And our um, beloved, my daughter's beloved horse just happened to die, you know, like during those few weeks that Francis was working on that book. And so uh, I, I say all of this not because it's meant to scare anyone because I don't think it is. I don't, it's kind of like, it's helpful to know that what we're dealing with is a spiritual battle. And (laughs) I've probably told this story before, but you know, the first time I talked to Bob was lovely and it was great. And we were like, okay, we'll talk again next week. And I sent a text at some point to say, oh, do we have a time And he hadn't replied, and I headed up to the post office, and as I was driving home, I was like, Lord, please let there be a text waiting um, from Bob when I get back. And at the time, we, and even now, we don't have great cell coverage because we're so remote. But as I stepped across the threshold of my house, my phone immediately fritzed out and it never recovered. It was like an operating error that I don't know if the even the shop had ever seen it before. It was just kind of this weird spirally screen that it would not change. And so we just had to get a new phone. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, that was a weird level of resistance. Too bad we had forgotten to get Apple Care on the less than two-year-old phone. But it is what it is, right? So... All of which I say, um, because 
I will say personally, if I don't pray the prayer protection, I start to get weighed down. It, I don't know how to describe it better than that. I think it's also interesting, and this maybe is another example of maybe something that I've found helpful. Rabbi Lappin would say that the word unclean in the scripture is a really unfortunate translation. So the word is taumeh in the Hebrew. And he said, it's not really unclean so much as it is like the weightiness of being human, the heaviness of being human, the natural um, sense of being subject to death. And so he said, part of the reason then why a woman would be unclean, quote unquote, unclean during her monthly period is because instead of a baby being formed, there is no baby. So it's like a little, a little death of that egg, a little death of the potential. And so anyway, I, I think that for me, I like that sense that the Bible understands that there is a weightiness that can come on us that is actually a part of being in this world. And in the scriptures, there's practical ways that the Hebrews were supposed to deal with it, the children of Israel, whether that be um, the ritual washing um, in their, I think it's called a mikveh, their special baths and various other things that they would do. But we recognize that Jesus is the one who now in the new covenant who makes us clean. And so, Lord, thank you that you cleanse us. Thank you for all of the ways that you allow us to have Um, the weightiness of being in this world, the weightiness of the enemy that can come against us. Lord, we ask that we would be uh, attentive to your will, attentive to your word, that we would be hearing clearly what you're speaking to us. We thank you for those who have gone before, who have willingly, I guess in some ways, like tested the waters, been willing to experiment in your kingdom, what it looks like to labor with you in prayer and to teach what they have learned. And so we ask, Lord, that we would be good students, both of those who have gone before, but most especially that we would be good students of you and all that you have for us. Thank you, Jesus. Amen.